go get a win versus one of these ranked teams. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm looking forward to being able to come in here and and talk more than just about coming up a little bit short. That's what I want to do. I think these these players have the opportunity to, to do it next next weekend against a good Kentucky team. No no disrespect to Kentucky, not taking anything from Kentucky at all. Um, but I just I like the way we are playing, even though we have lost the last two games. Ole Miss certainly was closer than it was against Alabama, but um, Kentucky is no Alabama. Ole Miss beats Kentucky, I think, if they play right now. I think Ole Miss is a better football team than, than Kentucky. We got to get healthy. We got to get healthy. Does Tennessee beat Florida if those two teams play right now? Um, I think so. I I th- I think so, but it, it, because it's Florida and Tennessee always seems to play the worst game against Florida, and Florida seems to play the best game against Tennessee. It's one of those one of those things where I'd, I'd have to see it to believe it. But yeah, I, I, I think so. Florida's man. struggling right now, and I think Tennessee's really as as odd as it sounds for a four and four football team. Really, I think they've really hit their stride. Yeah, I know that's weird. It's so it's so weird to say, man. What's not weird to say is looking over my shoulder and seeing a 2021 black-on-black uh, black Tahoe and just envisioning just putting a official UT license plate on the back of this thing and just driving from state to state to state representing for Tennessee and rocking that power tee with the checkerboard right there on your license plate. And you can do that because these license plates are available right now. All you have to do is go to um, alumni.utk.edu for more information. $15 of your $35 annual specialty fee will go to support student scholarships at the University of Tennessee. So check in with your county clerk, wherever county that you live in. Go get yourself a official UT license plate. Ooh, these things are sweet. These things are sweet. and It would be perfect on this Black on black on black. High country Tahoe. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, my goodness. So clean. Uh, ben, let's get to Tremel. Tremel, good morning. Yo, what it do, fellas? What's going on, Tremel? I lost my voice from streaming from the Alabama game and the Tennessee game. If you know. Uh that was fun, though, wasn't it, for a little while? That wasn't it, boy? That was, that was fun for a while. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, I for a while. Uh, I mean, of course. Uh, I kind of felt it um, about to come on a little bit. Um, just, you know, injuries, and that's kind of what scares me for the, uh, if I do have any fears, that scares me for the Kentucky game. Uh, games won on the, in the trenches, man. And, and we kind of hurt right now, you know what I'm saying? Uh that's that's kind of what scares me. Um, I guess going into that game. Um, a couple points, man. Like uh, he's talking about uh, him just needing players to get in here. One thing that um, and one thing you talked about a couple weeks ago, a week ago, about a week ago, is um, how the coaches don't complain about what they don't have. No, you know what I'm saying. And Not that's publicly. big to me. You know, right, right. Of course, that's. I mean. But, I mean, of course, I mean, how many coaches have we had come through here complaining about what they don't have? You know what I'm saying? Uh, just his realness, man, and just 
that right there, and then you just saying like he just needs players, and, and we all know that that step is a is a is a thing, uh, is the issue. But man, once we get some kids in here, like just to be to have an uh, I guess an, an equal roster uh, to everybody else, I guess you could say. Because uh, I was looking at the sidelines uh, when they showed the little panoramic view, and you you could see it. you can see that we don't have. The number of players that most teams have, I mean, and it's you, you know, it's like crazy, man. Uh, just knowing that they, uh, I'm on Mike Eckler, you know, putting out a, on that on that punt block. He had four walk-ons and five freshmen in on that play. Yep, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Yep. You're not supposed to win special teams, man. Games like that, <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yep, yep. And, and then the one thing that does scare me uh, a whole lot now is these coaches and how good they are and people might be coming trying to prime away. I know I said that earlier in the text box, but that that that's a, that's a thing that we should kind of kind of worry about, I guess. Because, uh, I mean, these guys are good. I mean, they doing – I mean, they got they got cotton balls and, and uh, bandage wrap out here and competing against, you know what I'm saying, highly recruited teams, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say old Miss is like that. I don't. I don't really know what they were doing before Lane got there, but he's been there. And he's got a couple of his guys in there. You know, what I'm saying over the, over our guys. Man, I'm just the, the future's bright, man, and I'm excited. Uh, I hope we can win the game next week. I know a lot of people are putting their uh, putting a stamp on it. Like we we definitely should win it. I I know we can win it. I I just like I said, what scares me is the is the is the um the trenches, man. And if we can win the trenches game, I think we could be in this game. But <clears throat> we'll see what happens, man. I, I guess it's this Monday. I guess as the week go on, I feel a little bit better. You know how I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you got two weeks. You got two weeks. Tremel, go ahead, man. Tremel, two weeks, man. <laughs> Trebell, yeah. Real quick, how was uh, the baseball scrimmage on Saturday? You said you're taking your team to it, right? I know uh, t- uh, man. Tennessee oh, yeah, came up and run sweet, short. Man, uh, I got. I think I had about. I had seven of my players. Uh, it was awesome. I, 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 I forgot to post some pictures. I'm been you know wobbling around here with the damn scooter. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it was fun, man. Getting to see the baseball team for the first time that was pretty cool, man. And uh, they uh. I, I think it was a double hitter, but I ain't stay for the uh, I ain't stay for the second one. But uh, that was man, they look good, man. Um, and I think we would have won the game outright. But I think he he pitched a different pitcher each inning. Yes, so he, he was did. just trying to see what his guys was like or whatever. Yep. But that Georgia State team ain't no joke, man. Well, with that one kid, man, they got some man. This <laughs> one kid came out there and crushed one. I'm talking about that, and you barely see anybody hit it over because I go to a bunch of those lookout games. You barely see those semi-pro guys or whatever they are. You know what I'm saying? Minor leaguers, uh, minor league guys uh, hit it over that wall. This dude crushed it. I'm talking. About, I'm just like, and we had it. We, we had a guy hit it. We had one over two. I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was uh, Lipsius. Yep, Lipsius. Lipsius. Lipsius hit one over. And oh, I called it too. I'm sitting. I'm like, man, hit it over the eighth right there because he a lefty. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hit it over the eighth, baby. Come on, come on. We need to tie this thing up. And he crushed that thing. I was like, "Woo!" The boys was like, "Yeah, you called it, coach." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You see me? You see me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was don't fun. Ce- hey, don't celebrate I, too I, much. I enjoyed it, huh? I said, "Don't celebrate too much." Your yeah. players got you hurt the first time. You, you, you tell you your know, other Achilles was, this time. 
Man, this is just killing me, man. Y'all know me. I got all this energy, too. And I got to sit down. Boy, this is killing me, man. I got. I can't wait to get, get out of this. Boy, I'm telling you, my little body go. My calves go. My, my legs going to be. My legs going to be big as by the time when, By the time I'm done working out, man. I'm telling you, I, this, ain't, this ain't happening again for sure. For sure. What's your mail, man? Thanks, thanks so much for the phone call, Tremel, man. It's good to hear from you. Glad that you were able to take your team and just experience that. Experience, you know, high-level baseball, and now they have something to look forward to, some some players to look up to, and a, a goal to strive to try to reach. So um, it's always good to get those players in that type of atmosphere to expand their vision and see what they can be if they continue to work and listen to coaches like yourself, Tremel. So I'm uh, glad that you was able to take your players out there. A six five two hundred fifty five, oh three. Chip says, "Can we talk about how Georgia? Can we talk about Georgia and how they lost to Charlotte uh, in an exhibition game?" Georgia basketball. They are going to be butt, booty, terrible. They are going to be the worst team in the league. A couple of SEC basketball teams struggled in their exhibition. I'm assuming Chip is talking about basketball because there were some basketball exhibitions over the weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chip, and you're talking about baseball. I know fall ball's going on as well. but It's I, basketball. I, I assumed. Um, Arkansas almost lost to a D – is either D2 or D3. Uh, a, a D2 or D3 team. They almost lost to them. Alabama struggled with Louisiana. Uh, but I think they were shorthanded – as as well so a couple sec basketball teams struggling over the weekend and in, in basketball ex exhibitions but georgia's just going to be awful this year they they lost a yep. lot they didn't have a lot to begin with their best player towards acl last last week they, they're going to be the worst team in the sec this year and I, I don't know that it's going to be close at least vanderbilt has scotty pippen jr yeah yeah uh yeah arkansas play east Central, which sounds like a high school. Is East that Central, is that like another version of the Central Bobcats? See, why are you playing? What East Central? That's not, a, that's not a jab. Yeah, I guess, I guess you can say that. Another, another version, uh, but I never heard of East Central University, and Arkansas won seventy-seven to seventy-four uh, against East Central. So, yeah, Georgia's going to be terrible. But uh, hey, man, the coach has really good. Tweets about how to play the game of basketball. He just his players don't listen to it. So um, Tennessee has their ex- exhibition this weekend. Let's go. If if anybody wants anything to do, Tennessee will play Rick Barnes's alma mater, Lenore Ryan. Lenore Ryan on uh, go. on Saturday. Let go at like one or Chip one or one or two o'clock. I think it's on. Uh, I think you can. Yeah, it's on SEC Network Plus, so you'll you'll be able to watch it if if anybody wants to. Uh, Riley Ball says, "Hi." No, that's all good. Uh, how many Porter guys could we take on defense? Five plus from Riley Ball. I don't know who all leaving. I don't know who's gonna who's gonna you know, leave. I mean, uh, I would imagine that, that the players like being here, but you can't rule it out that maybe somebody want, you know may transfer. So I don't I don't know that exact number right now. Um, Riley Vall also says, would Walter committing help bring other recruits, or is he committing too late? 
I don't know if I subscribe to the if Walter comes, that means everybody else is going to come because Walter doesn't talk. <laughs> like he doesn't really talk, man, to to other recruits. It seems like, and I, you know, I don't know how influential he is. I don't know if he's that guy that that um, is is part of any group chats and bringing guys together to be a part of a class. I I just don't see that with Walter. I did see where he went to Texas A and M again this weekend and had a really 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 good time and looked pretty comfortable. So that's Tennessee's biggest threat. And um, he'll be back at Tennessee. So supposedly going to make his way over for the Georgia game in what's that? Three weeks. Tennessee's next home game. He'll he'll make his way over for an official visit. And according to Walter, he told Eric Kane on. Thursday night after the Powell Catholic game that he wasn't going to take any more visits after that. So if if that holds true, Tennessee will get the final final say or final word in his ear. Yep. It's between Tennessee and Texas A&M. Tennessee has a lot going for them because they're right here in Knoxville. And um, there's some there's some NIL deals, I think, that, um, that can be put in place that maybe couldn't be at Texas A&M. Um, that family has moved around a lot. And so, you know, I think that's going to play a part too. Oh, speaking of that, man, and I don't want to just get away, totally get away from Walter here because, you know, he's a, he's a five-star recruit, very important to this class. But, man, since we're talking about families moving, did you catch, not you, but listeners, did you catch the part of the broadcast when they mentioned Bryce Young's parents moved from California to Birmingham, did y'all catch that? Did y'all catch that? That's Kim, man, I, it's a coincidence that all these West Coast quarterbacks just conveniently move to Alabama. It's just, it's just, it's just a coincidence. Did McElroy say that? Yep. I, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, old, old Mr. McElroy let that one, let, let, let that one slip. I mean, Tua did it, and now Bryce Young. I mean, wow! It just all these families just easily move to to Alabama. Listen, I'm not in anybody's pockets or anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not in, in, looking at anybody's bank accounts or anything. But st- wow, I mean, just the last two big time quarterbacks from the West Coast. I mean, they just they just they just moved to Alabama. Just moved. Oh, I caught that. It's like, hmm. Yeah, I thought he let that slip too. Okay. Yeah, okay. Do you right. think that after the game, Greg McElroy was bent over in in Nick Saban's office getting a spanking with with a paddle? <laughs> do do you think uh as, as soon as the the game was over that that Saban summoned him to uh, the the football complex to to his office? And and paddled him, or or when did he say this during the game? Was it like first half? Um, I'm not sure. Somebody in the text box probably could could tell you better than I can. But I just, I just remember, I just remember it being mentioned when they showed you know Bryce's folks in the stands rocking the number nine um, custom Alabama jersey. Well, I mean, it, it actually looked pretty cool. I mean, you see Shut your up. parents. Yeah, I mean, yeah don't mention up. that. I'm just saying. I'm just no, keeping it keep real. It moving. It's pretty, it's, keep it it's moving. Cool. You don't have to keep it real all the time. It's, it's pretty cool. But anyways. It's ugly. It's an Alabama jersey. It can't be cool. I, I, I understand. I understand. But 
so they showed you know his parents and you know talked about you know his, his personality and you know the the advice dad gave him growing up and all that good stuff and then you know Greg dropped the dropped the fact that he had you know that family had moved from California to Birmingham I was like oh oh okay yeah Greg definitely got paddled for that whether it be yeah. at halftime that that's why I was yeah, asking if it was in the first half because he he may have gotten summoned down to to the locker room and, and got a whooping there. I mean, they, I think Saban, when he was done paddling Greg, he probably brought in Tua's daddy as well and, and let Tua's daddy get a crack at him. You, you know Tua's, Tua's daddy will, will lay the wood to him. That. He ain't playing that. Like, I don't dislike Greg. I mean, I, I typically like his broadcast. But it was just something about Saturday that I just couldn't get with. As if he was a former player? Former Alabama player? <sighs> I just couldn't get with it, man. I just – it was tough. It was tough to listen to. Look, I I, I don't – I'm not going to go over the top, obviously, with, with my comments. But you know, I, I'm, well, you only said you – only, you only suggested that Nick Saban paddled, paddled you know, Greg McElroy in his office after the game. You only said that. Well, don't mean, go too far. <laughs> I, th- I think everybody knows <laughs> I'm joking. In terms of my serious comments, I like I like I don't have a problem – with with or I'm not going to slow the roll of Tennessee fans bashing Greg McElroy because Greg McElroy all he wanted to do last week going into the game was sit up on his high horse and just trash Tennessee all week whether it be because of of what happened uh, at the end of the Ole Miss game or or the on field product it, it was it was jabs left and right all week long so I'm I'm not going to slow the roll of of Tennessee fans at least he didn't mention it during the broadcast. I'm sure he wanted to. Yeah. I, I, this, I told y'all that y'all were going to hate listening to that broadcast because I said that not because he's a former Alabama quarterback because I think Greg knows the game extremely well. I think he explains it, it, it extremely well. I think he has great thoughts. I do think he is legitimately a good broadcaster. But I sat last week and listened to him on his high horse when it comes to – to to Tennessee, and I knew what was going to take place Saturday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, oof, it was it was tough. Um, more important topic: the Volunteer Spirit Fund for Children's Hospital. We are just eighteen thousand dollars away from, reach, from reaching our goal of one hundred two thousand four hundred fifty-five. We are 84, 4, 5, 6, and uh, Alumni Hall, I got a call from them on Friday, and they committed $10,000 to our Children's Hospital Fund. So big shout out to Alumni Hall. Uh, love Love those folks over there. Um, you know how much they mean to this community, East Tennessee. So please, please think about think about Alumni Hall when you're thinking about purchasing some orange or white. Ten thousand dollars they have committed to our fund for the East Children uh, East Tennessee Children's Hospital. So we are eighteen thousand dollars away. There's a chance to hit this goal in a week. There's a chance. So keep keep sharing, keep promoting. Um, thank you for giving. Just continue to share, and let's get there, folks. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's get We've, to Jay. Yes. 
Jay, good morning. Swain, good morning, man. Hey, uh, what's up, Jay? What what did what did y'all think about the play calling? And I don't have any opinion on it. I've just heard some people complain and say it's not Heifel's best day, or they said his play calls were were terrible. And uh, I, you know, I didn't leave the game feeling that way. I, the only thing I left the game feeling like was. We tried to run the ball up the middle maybe a little too much because it wasn't working, but uh, obviously it's not going to work because we're playing with, you know, the Knoxville area all-star team against Alabama. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what did y'all think? Because I, I, just, I just thought, you know, a lot of this isn't working because there's such a talent disparity. I mean, there is a huge talent and depth disparity between us and a lot of teams but especially Alabama. But was was did Heupel have not have a good day in your opinion? Not my opinion. Not my yeah, opinion. I, 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 mean, I, I, I didn't leave. I didn't leave the game feeling like that either. No, I would have liked to see us go forward on fourth down and one. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that that decision was something I wasn't necessarily thrilled with. But like, mm-hmm. as far as play calling, guys, um, you have Dane Davis who is a walk-on at heart. Not a walk-on as far as getting that scholarship check, but, like, when you look, when you compare him against the SEC defensive ends, they see him as a walk-on. And so you have Dane Davis, and you give him credit for earning a, walk, earning a scholarship. No one's trying to you know, throw him under the bus. Uh, I mentioned, you know, former walk-on, but it is what it is. You have him. You've got a banged-up Cooper Mays. You have... Um, Kate is Kate is out. I mean, you got Tyon who's trying to play on one leg, and how about the interception and the effort that he showed in chasing down the the, the ball carrier after the interception? But you, you, like, if you're if you're Josh Heupel, you can't sit back there and go, "All right, we gonna we gonna just we gonna throw it every single time." And we're gonna do all this trickery. You gotta play some. You gotta play some some chess. And part of playing chess is, you know, saying, "Okay, let's stay in it. Let's try to stay in it until fourth quarter, till the end of the third. Then we can take our take our strikes. Let's strike when there's opportunity. And there's not always going to be opportunities. I thought Tennessee um, did what they had to do as far as attempting to run the football. Because if you are attempting to run the football, Safeties are still going to try to come into the box. It doesn't matter if you're successful or not. They're still going to try to come into the box and make tackles. And that's when you open up the passing lanes when you throw it. That's why Javante Payton was open. Uh, that's why you saw um, Tillman, you know, it was man-to-man coverage on the outside. Basically no safety was around. That would be different if you was playing like cover two or something. But I didn't have a problem with the play calling because I understand from a personnel standpoint – where we were short at. So I'm not one of these guys that just because we're not putting up points like against South Carolina, Missouri, you're saying, oh, the play calling is terrible. So you really think that the play calling was just like superb and great one week and then like Josh Heupel was like, you know what, I'm going to take this day off. I'm going I'm to I'm say all my good play calling for the next game. No, I mean, the situation was different. You had all these guys that was healthy and able against Missouri and then now they're not. And you're playing against a bunch of freaking silverback gorillas up front. You're playing against probably the best defensive player uh, in the SEC. I mean, 
I mean, golly, you got to try to keep yourself in the game as long as possible. Like, <laughs> I mean, Will Anderson Jr. is a legitimate stud. He is a problem. He's leading the country in tackles for loss. So you have to play some, 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 you know, call some, some plays where, all right, you might gain two yards, but at least you can punt. At least you're not turning the football over. Um, and we didn't until, you know, second half when he hooked through that pick. So I didn't have a problem with the play calling. I understood that, you know, we were just short. Long answer. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I mean, that makes sense, man. I, I agree with you on that. I, I did, Yeah, I didn't leave the game feeling that way. I just thought we were just undermatched and ran out of gas. I, You know, Swain, I think the biggest problem was – um, we had too many three and outs, obviously, and uh, they, I mean, what did they, they doubled our play call, right? I mean, they had like, what, 80 plays to our 30, 39? Yeah, and, not, they d- doubled, us up, doubled us up, man. They had um, almost, I said it earlier in the show, I think it was like 90-something plays. Yeah. Uh, but they did I double mean, us up. And, and if you would if I would have told you that before the game started, you would have thought there's no way within the fourth quarter we're going to have them on the third and 15 to stop them and get the ball back to tie the game in the fourth. I mean, that's what's truly remarkable. I don't know how we did that, but, uh, you know, we had a chance to tie that game, and they hit that long third and 15. I mean, I, I, I don't know how we stayed in that game that long. I mean, it's, I know the score looks like a blowout, but that's it's just kind of everything just kind of fell apart at the end. But... Um, I, it's remarkable we stayed in that game that long, especially exactly. considering uh, the snap deficiencies and the talent deficiencies going against us. It, it was remarkable. So, y'all, y'all hang I, in there, guys. Hey, thank you, Jay. Alabama, 92 total plays. The Tennessee, 54. 92-54. Like, the, the game is beyond a PlayStation view. Like, the play calling went bad. Your options are limited when you're not sure how your offensive line is going to hold up. Like, show me an example where an offensive line is battered and bruised, and we've said, man, whoo, man, that play calling is phenomenal. Look at that play calling. Because good play calling means that, you know, you have enough time to de- let the plays develop. There's not many things you could do if you don't have the protection and you don't have the push up front. Like, what can you do? That's not a rhetorical question. Please answer that. What can you do if you don't have the protection? You know why we look great against Missouri with our play calling? Because their D-line and defense stinks. It stinks. We busted Mizzou for 60-something points. We didn't bust South Carolina for 60 points, but their defense wasn't good. But at least they had Kingsley, who's a first-round talent. He gave us some problems. But you can't run long-developing plays if you don't have the protection. As simple as that. I remember in 2014, God, man, I play call stinks. Offensive line stunk in 14. I haven't seen an offensive line that struggles where you can look at the play call and go, hey, man, that's a pretty good play call. I just haven't seen one, seen that situation. So, got to get K. Mays back. Cooper, continue to 
you know, get him closer to 100%, get Carver back in his, his spot, um, get guys healthy, Tyon Evans, you know, guys that are banged up, Hendon Hooker. And you're trying to protect Hendon Hooker, too, by, by running the ball as well. So here you have a quarterback that's banged up. You're going to drop back 50 times and let him get crushed and killed? No, you got to try to run the football. Even when you know you can, you got to try to run it. So I'm not in that camp where the play calling was just was just bad. All right, who's next? Volstorm is next. Volstorm, good morning. You know, I feel singled out by the comment about loud callers. As I turn down the volume. Why would you feel that way? Oh, no reason. <laughs> Maybe because you cut me off Friday. Who cut you off? You did. How did I cut you off? Oh, you, you talking cut about. me off. You didn't let me finish the phone call. Oh, you mean Ben cut you off? No, I'm blaming you. It's your show. It's not the Ben McKee event. I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. <laughs> it was not Ben. I can assure you. Shot Shut clock, up. man. Shot clock violation. Get Why in. Hey, hey, you're, you're interrupting my call. Sorry. Why is it that if you're a referee and you have ties to the school, you can't call a game? But if you're a commentator, yeah, we'll let you call it. Because I guess you have more referees to fill in. And the commentators, you, you, it's not a lot of options that ESPN have for their 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 I guess their their group, you know Cole and Rogers and uh, you know they're part of a group and McElroy is part of his group. So I guess you just you have limited options. So he had he had to go. He had to go call that game. I'm telling you, man. I just I did not enjoy that broadcast one bit. And and I'm sure he is conscious and tries to you know make sure that he's not biased. But I mean, dude, yeah. it's in you, man. It's in you. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's in you. He was a player. It's in you. That's why you don't need to be calling the game. I don't know which was the greater travesty of justice, the officiating or having to listen to him for four hours. <sighs> which, by the way, thank you to uh, the, the couple of folks who sent us videos of Tennessee recovering that fumble. I, I, I do think ESPN showed Kamal Haddon coming away from the pile with the football. Where's yeah, the video? Tennessee Sensitive. recovered the football. And, yes, that was targeting on Hendon Hooker. Yes, 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 and yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least one thing about Tennessee not win the game, uh, nobody got murdered in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) You You know what's really frustrating is that you go into the game and you know that it, it's going to be an issue in terms of officiating. You know the officiating is going to be an issue, and it still bothers the heck out of you. It's still frustrating as all get out. Oh, yeah. And, and look, Tennessee looked really good up until the, uh, the Hendon Hooker interception in the fourth quarter. That's just what broke their back. Yep. But to, but to see Saban sweating and hollering and getting mad, that made my night. What's crazy is I had confidence – to, or uh, Alabama had just pushed it back to a two-score lead. They had answered the Cedric Tillman long touchdown with yep. a touchdown of their own to, to push it back to two scores. And I had confidence going into that possession where 
Javante Payton and Hendon Hooker had the miscommunication and it led to an interception, I had all the confidence in the world that Tennessee was going to go down the field and score on that possession. As crazy as that sounds, fourth quarter against Alabama in Tuscaloosa, I thought Hendon Hooker was about to execute a drive to go down there and, and make it a one-score game yet again. No, I did too because let's face it, this isn't the Alabama defense of old. This isn't the Alabama defense when Saban was first uh, preying upon the league. They're not doing the things they normally do. They're relying way too much on offense now. They don't, they don't have the, the defensive linemen that they typically have. They have Will Anderson, and technically he's an outside linebacker. They're, they're, they have some good defensive linemen, some defensive linemen that are going to play a long time in the NFL. For Darian Mathis, he had a, a big impact on Saturday night. But they don't have the Quinnen Williams types up front right now and, yeah. and, that, Jonathan, and that's, Allens. Jonathan Allens yes and, and so on and, and, and so forth they, they don't have those monsters first round picks up there along the, the defensive line and, and it's hurt them at times this year no and uh, shout out to uh, I believe it's Jerome Carvin who uh, wanted to basically tear the uh, Henry Trader apart uh, oh, I saw that too. I love, I love that part. We did get the uh, the Hendon Hooker spin move to make Henry miss. I did enjoy that. <laughs> Guys, before I go, um, raise your hand if your pro team has uh, won a game in the last two weeks. Not so fast, Wayne. See you, bud! Dude, my, my two teams gave up 90 points over the weekend. 90 points. I, I don't and Tennessee played better than the Bears. I don't know what the Bears were doing yesterday. They weren't playing football. No, they weren't playing football. I was sitting there just like it. It, it looked. It looked like Tennessee being outman versus Alabama, but there's a legitimate reason why Tennessee is outman. Recruiting attrition. There's not a reason why the Bears should look the way they look. Because it's the NFL. You can go pay dudes. You can go sign guys. They don't you have can, players. They don't have players. If like It feels like Tennessee, after getting hit for, by the transfer portal, like no time to throw it. It's time, it's, it's time for the GM, the head coach, to take a walk, man. It's, it's time. <laughs> well, let, it let's, is time. Let, let's let them take a walk after they play the Steelers in two weeks. It is time, man. That 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 game gonna be hard to watch. For who? Uh, for football fans, man. Maybe, maybe not for you. I mean, because you know Steelers are struggling. You got the Bengals in first place in your division, and the good thing okay, about the Bengals are good. Okay, I mean, here they are. The Browns and the Bengals in a short three years ago were at the bottom of the division. Now they're at the top, um, and so I. I I understand it from a Steeler fan perspective. Like the best thing to do is when you're not that good is play against a team who's worse. Oh, that's not have, what that's, I, that's not that's not what I'm I'm saying. I'm saying that all four teams in the AFC North are good football teams. Oh, you you trying to say that? That's what I am saying. I don't think the Steelers are the best team in that division by any stretch of the imagination. But you, th- you think they're good? The Steelers are a good football team. Oh, okay. How are they not? They have one of the best defenses in the league, and that gives them a chance to win every single football game that they play in. Okay. What about offense? 
Average at best. Okay. So average at best plus good equals good? I mean, they, they beat the Bills this year. Broncos were rolling when they beat them. Seahawks were, thankfully, not having Russell Wilson, but I think they would have won anyways because that Seahawks team is a mess. Steelers are a good team. Okay. Let's say so. they, they're not going to make the playoffs, but that's, that's, in my opinion, because of the, the division and the, the Steelers falling behind the other teams in the division. But just because you're in fourth place in the division doesn't mean that you're a bad team. Like, hey, just because, you, just because you 500 don't mean you're a good team either. Yeah, but the 500, 500 today, but we got an injured Browns team, the Bears, and the Lions. That's three straight wins. So that's six and three at the end of week nine, week 10, because they had a bye week this week. There's a difference between good and, and you know, not good, and that's where the, the Steelers are. So you They're think average the Steelers right are a now. bad team? I, dude, I said there's a diff, there's a place between good and not good, and that's average. I think that's where the Steelers are. I think they're average. I'd rather be average than bad. Yeah, I mean, they, they're average. I, I and my team, is, my team is bad right now. My team is, my team is bad. But um, we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. I'm anticipating the L just like I was against the Raiders, but you know, who knows, man? Who knows what might happen, man? All I know is Sunday was tough watching Tom Brady go up against us like it was homecoming. Sunday was easy for me. I had no stress. You got the chance to go to the Titans game, watch a, a real AFC team put in work. They are doing work, man. Titans look like a Super Bowl contender. Five and two, number one in the, in, uh, in their division. Bengals number one in their division. Raiders number one in their division. Goodness gracious, Chiefs are below five hundred. Got the Bills number one in their division. That's the AFC, and the, you know the NFC. Got the Cowboys. That's woo hoo hoo. They look really good. Cardinals, whoa, undefeated. The only undefeated team in the league. And Kyler Murray has to be the league MVP favorite, right? Uh, in front of Derrick Henry, who threw a touchdown pass. And you got the Packers. Would six not and have one. thrown the touchdown pass if Kari Blasingay would not have sealed the edge. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's true, true. Packers six and one, and Bucks six and one. So man, this is going to be a this going to be a really good tight NFL season, man. And there's an extra playoff spot this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is this NFL in college, but still, like it's it's you got a chance to be a a really good, really good season. So, uh, I'm not those. I'm not one of those people who are like, "Hey, man, the NFL's good when the Cowboys are good." Man, whatever. But the Cowboys are good, unfortunately, and they're gonna make a run this year. They're really, really, really good. Um, you can be really good, men. You can be really, really good if you've been feeling tired, you've been feeling grumpy, you've had a lack of motivation. You can be good by just calling Low T Center. Their location right here in Knoxville, eight six five three nine two thirteen eighty eight. Uh, there's four other locations around the state of Tennessee, total five, but Nashville, Tri-Cities, Chattanooga, and, of course, Knoxville just mentioned, LowTCenter.com, reinventing men's health care, making the doc- doctor visit super easy for you, convenient to get all your levels checked. They offer a comprehensive health assessment, so that way you know all the numbers that are important to your health, the Monitor self-inject at-home testosterone treatments. It provides convenience. Um, it's really, 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 really affordable uh, for those. If you want to pay out of pocket, self-pay is one fifty-five a month. 
or it's covered by most health insurance. Go to Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Sorry, Bears, man. Just embarrassing. Just embarrassing. How can a Lions at 0-7 be playing, in, playing better than the Bears that are 3-4? and 4? That's crazy. But the Lions played better than the Bears yesterday, that's for sure. Last I checked, a loss is a loss. It is. Both of them lost. But, again, one team was playing better than the other. They both took L's, though. Oh, man. Hit the text box up. Let's get to uh, the phones and get the bill. Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, fellas. Hey, so, Bill. Uh, on, hey, how you doing? So on the play calling, um, a couple of things that you can't critique. So on mm-hmm. first down, we would throw a pass and pick up eight, nine yards. Second one and third one, we try to run the ball up the middle twice and get completely stuffed. I understand we needed to establish a running game, but after you see that's not going to work with our ragtag patchwork offensive line, why we kept going back to that over and over, that, that, was, the, that was the frustrating part there. Um, I, I just don't understand why we didn't throw a screen to a back or something to try to get that one yard to the wide receiver screen. The passing game was was working a lot better than the running game. So, you know, again, first down, we get eight, nine yards. Second one, run, crush. Third one, run, crush, the punt. That's, that's, I think that's everybody's frustration in the play call. Yeah, that's, and that's fine. I'm not sitting here saying the play call is perfect. Um, I'm just sitting here saying I understand why the play call was what it was. Uh, based on you know where you are with with the the depth and the availability of guys on the offensive line. Now, I know how important first downs are in this offense, so I would I would imagine that you know Hypo and company are thinking, all right, second down and one, which is a perfect time to take a shot. Like that's a perfect time. And we heard during the broadcast uh, a couple times from Greg McElroy when it was second down and one, and he was expecting a shot from the other side. So second and one is like the perfect time to take a shot deep because now you can come back on third and, and should be able to pick up one yard. And we should have been able to pick up, you know, a yard, and we didn't. So I'm not sitting here saying that the play call is perfect. I'm just not going to crush Hypel on the play calling because I understand um, how limited he was. So that's a that's a fair uh, critique there. Um, if you're doing it over and over and over, expecting different results, and you're getting the same, the same result, then you kind of have to check yourself, and that is the definition of insanity. But um, – I don't know how much you can do when you are not protecting. There's only a limited amount of things, uh, options you have offensively when you when you can't protect. You just you just can't protect, and you can't sit back there and throw it 50 times and expect to walk away with a healthy quarterback. Uh, we threw it 28, threw it 28, and uh, we had what 54 total total plays. But I think that's a fair critique right there um, from you. No, no problem with could, that. You, fair. Yeah, you could tell that it looked like that Hendon was, you know, his leg or hamstring something was still bothering him when he was taking off running. He wasn't running as effectively as in previous games. So it's a miracle that you know the guy was able to play at all. But what about that little midget Saban throwing shade, saying now we have a real team coming up in LSU? I yeah, well, I don't know how much uh, how much truth that is because LSU is is butt-booty terrible, and they'll probably beat them down more convincingly earlier in that football game. But, yeah, he threw a little shade. No, he threw a little shade. That's part of it, right? You play in, in this conference, and you play in a rivalry game. That's part That's part of it. Let's get to uh, Justin in Florida. 
only thing we can do is, is beat them. I mean, that's the only thing you can do about it. It's the only comeback that we have. Only comeback. So, you know, Hypo has has been someone who said, yeah, man, if I had to go back and have that have that again, I would probably do it differently. But I'm not sitting here ripping on Josh Hypo for um, the play calling. I, I'm just I'm just not. And you couldn't run Hendon as much as you wanted to either because of his health. So it would be one thing if you had Hendon healthy and you're sitting there just giving the ball to the running back on a dive and he's getting crushed. Like, you, you, you didn't have that many options. You didn't have many options. So, but Justin in Florida is next. Justin, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up? Hey, not much. Um, yeah, with regards to the play consequence, I a uh, question for you. When, and, you know, I noticed this in the Ole Miss game where they were running the ball a lot. Um, they were facing, you know, five in the box. And that, that, if you're seeing five in the box, that calls for a, a run typically, correct? <laughs> Nine times out of ten. Okay. When, when do you kind of abandon as an offense what you're seeing in terms of the defensive alignment before the snap to, okay, even though we're seeing this, it's not working, we need to go another direction? Because that's what it kind of felt like watching the game on Saturday night. There was either you know five guys coming or those middle linebackers would even just kind of hold their ground and let the front four do what they could do, and then they'd come and kind of clean it up at the end. So it kind of felt like there were some running yards there, but it obviously wasn't working due to either the health of the running backs, the line, whatever. When is not like a play caller? Do you kind of say, okay, we need to shift gears? Well, I mean, when you are, um, I think, in striking distance and – the, the the game is closer to the end, and you've held as long as you, you, you could, you know, trying to run the football, knowing that you're not having success. Um, it's time to take your shot. And I, I felt like on fourth down and one, I think that was a time to go for it. Um, you know, there were some times when – and you look at the Hendon interception right there, like those – it was two, three dudes right there in that, in that, in that spot. Um, I look at – the last two games, Justin, and one being in person, one watching the game on TV, and in both games, I've noticed like the play calling be a little bit different. Well, the play calling is a little bit different because the circumstances on the offensive line is totally diff- different, and right. I, it just like that affects play calling more than anything. I think that, and then people don't realize it or want to realize it or they overlook it they just i guess they just think you're supposed to you know play calling uh, creative play calling is supposed to um just mass lack of protection up front and it doesn't you can't like it, it just doesn't work that way especially when you have a quarterback that's also banged up too it would be one thing if hendon was 100 percent because then we would see josh dobbs of 14 right we would see the pocket being moved we would see him, you know, making guys miss in space. But Hendon just – he didn't have that same wiggle. He didn't have that same, you know, it factor when he was running. He just, he just, he just didn't. And the fact that, you know, athletically, Alabama is the fastest team that you have went up against all season on defense. So, I understand. I'm not sitting here saying, don't question the play calling. How dare you? All I'm saying is, what can you expect realistically – 
when you have a beat-up quarterback, a beat-up offensive line, there's not a lot of plays that you can run <laughs> and be successful when you are in that situation. And they, the tempo, the tempo made a normal play call seem like he was a great play call. The, the throw to Cedric Tillman, that wasn't, that wasn't special. That wasn't a special play call. The result was special, but there was a normal go route that that the DB didn't get a chance to get the sign from the sideline, wasn't paying attention, and Cedric Tillman was able to run run past him. But there's folks that would be like, oh, man, great call, great play call. What a great play call. It just was a quick throw. The guy wouldn't pay attention. Or like the, um, you know, you know Valus' touchdown. And I asked Cedric Tillman this yesterday. I was like, yo. Y'all got passing plays where receivers don't even go out for a route. Y'all just stand there. And Velas was the only dude on, on on the route. And I guess you can look at that and go, hey, man, heck of a play call because of, of the result. And it was quick, right? So, like, how many quick hitting plays can you really get where they're going to be explosive plays? You got to have time to hit those explosive plays. And we got really one that I can remember off the top of my head, and that was a throw to Javante Pate. We didn't really have time to hit any other plays down the football field. But you got to have protection up front. You just have to. And, uh, and Swain, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Um, as far as that, uh, I mean, don't you kind of feel like, and I know this is at the core of Heupel, it's what he's done, always done. He's done it at multiple places where – one side of the field will almost be shut down just because, yeah. hey, these guys need a, a breather. But is mm. that a little concerning in the SEC where, you know, your DBs are going to be better athletes and, you know, maybe able to shut down one side of the field? Because, you know, it felt like even on that interception, it was probably a misread between quarterback and wide receiver. But um, if I'm not mistaken, Jacob Warren passed right up. I think it was through the middle of those two, which would have meant, you know, both of them kind of sat on that route, which seemed odd, and no one went with Warren. It kind of felt like that play was going to Peyton no matter what. And, you know, had he maybe read that a little different, maybe you throw one up over the top behind him. Uh, I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks. And I said this earlier, I, I just don't know what the responsibilities were um, for Hendon and Javante, I don't know the read there, uh, so it's it's really hard for me to comment. Other than there was two dudes right there, so I don't know why you would even throw it there, anyways, because there was two and a half guys. I saw a third person kind of flash. Um, I, I, you know, if he would have set it down or if he would have changed directions and went to the sideline, uh, I don't know if he had like a a read to where you know he had. He, he he goes vertical. I don't know, but it just seems like, Justin, to your point, that somebody else probably was open. The fact that you had two and a half guys right there uh, next to number three on, on that interception. So uh, that's that's kind of the first time that we've seen that. Yeah, maybe all season long, I mean, hitting through a a interception against Pitt to a backside safety, but it wasn't because him and the receiver was off off. You know, he just didn't see the safety. Off. Yeah, he just didn't see him. This was different. This was the first time this has happened all season. But you know, you got to go to the drawing board. You got to fix it. 
those guys have confidence in each other. You know, those are older guys that have a lot of chemistry. So you go fix it. You go talk about it, and uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. But um, I'll just reiterate my point about the play calling. Not perfect, but understandable considering the cards that, that Hypo was dealt with injuries and things like that. So, man, anything to add before we end today's show and um, – Thank you. Ready for a show tomorrow? No, I, I think we uh, we hit the nail on the head and covered everything that that needed to be covered. I, I guess uh, one thing that I wanted to correct that I said earlier, uh, I mentioned that I, I thought that the Jeremy Banks personal foul led to a touchdown. It almost led to another touchdown. It, it did not, but it was Alabama's final drive of the first half. And it contributed to Alabama getting across midfield. uh, And Roman Harrison and Byron Young had to come up with two big-time sacks. Or Roman Harrison had a sack, and then Byron Young had a big, big hurry where he smacked Bryce Young. Big hit on Bryce Young that helped push uh, Alabama back out of of field goal range. So just wanted to correct what I said earlier. Uh, Alabama was on the verge of scoring in, until the defense kind of bowed its its neck. And then I, I do agree with with people that were texting and, and tweeting us earlier. I, I do think Tennessee came out of came out of that pile with the football. Uh, the, the the tweets that we are tagged in, the photos and videos show Kamal Haddon sitting there laying on the ground after they've pulled everybody off the pile with the football in his hands. So I, I can completely understand and agree. With, with why Josh Heupel was so mad during his post-game press conference. I would be too, man. Yep. That's a problem, again, for officiating. You have a clear fumble, other team recovers, and the team that fumbles is awarded the touchdown without much explanation. So another week, another blunder for officiating. What's new, right? Tomorrow, 7 a.m., Swain event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Uh, big thanks to Beatty Chevrolet for hosting uh, us today. Remember, over 150 used cars, new cars, right here uh, on their lot. You can go to the website, check out their inventory. Um, home of the warranty for life on most of their new and pre-owned vehicles. You can trade your vehicle in. You can simply sell your vehicle, car, truck, boat, motorcycle, camper, they will buy it from you at Beatty Chevrolet. For the great Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you have a wonderful day. Peace and love. We are out.